the best time. Yeah. It's the best yeah. time, Dr. Dent. If you got to listen to the old timers, the old timers will tell you about 22% interest and, and. Welcome to the seven summit society podcast. We're a team of veterinary professionals dedicated to collaboration, mentorship, and great practice culture. We will inspire, educate, and thrive together with you to build a better future for practice ownership. We want to change the perception of what it means to own a veterinary hospital. It is financially attainable. It can happen with work-life balance, and it can be on your own terms. Join us now. Hey everyone, welcome to the 7S Podcast. I have the whole team with me today. Uh, we have Adam, Danielle, and Dan. Uh, we just finished a business call and, and thought we would get on the podcast. We do not have any uh, specific topic or training today. Today is a check-in, a time to, to check in on each other as fellow colleagues in the veterinary space. So how's everybody doing? Thank you. <laughs> Surviving. Doing in my well. <laughs> so I, I, I just wanted to, um, you know, just to get an update. What's going on? The only thing, the only things in life that I know are what I see on Facebook and on uh, Google News right now. So I just want to get a pulse on what's going on in the in the real world for each one of you. So, so what, what's up? What is, I want to know what the daily life of, of the superstar small animal veterinarian, Dr. Adam, what, what do you do all day long? What does it look like? How's it different? How are you coping? How are you doing, buddy? Yeah. For, for somebody that runs at a thousand miles an hour, this is, this is definitely, uh, it's, it's taking a hit, but we're, we're trying to stay positive. I mean, as far as practice, um, as we've talked about, I mean, we've, lengthened our appointments so uh we were talking about this before we got on here i typically run at a pretty quick pace in between appointments and we've had to slow that down for for safety reasons but um really i think my biggest struggle at this point is just from a scheduling perspective i typically like to schedule things uh months out and whether that be a a fun travel event or whether that be a work-related event that's that's obviously frozen still here so Otherwise, as far as practice and surgery, um, rock and roll, and we're doing well. I mean, thankfully, uh, um, we're, we're staying busy. Uh, clients are continuing to pour in. Uh, surgery's been busier than ever. So I'm, uh, I'm remaining optimistic. I think it's more, uh, we're going to get through, and if anything, we're going to rebound twice as strong. So, so I, have a, hole here. I have a suggestion for, for your appointments. Couldn't you, like – can you just put on a hazmat suit and get like a big eight person tent and just like go out in the parking lot yourself. And then you don't have to worry about uh, contaminating anybody and people can just like fire dogs into your tent. <laughs> Wouldn't that work? Love it. Absolutely. Love it. I'm looking, I'm looking for sponsorship right now. <laughs> okay, well, if um, I, Yeah. I'll start, oh, man, if I can get across the border, I'll start driving down and uh, that would make a great <laughs> YouTube series where it's like Dr. Adam, the street yeah, vet. Sure. Oh my make God. Make sure you bring that, uh, that cow mask. I could have the hazmat suit with the cow mask and this, this thing could go viral. <laughs> Oh, and and in terms of, is there anything you guys aren't doing right now in terms of electives, uh, you know, deworming appointments, health checks, like what, what isn't happening right now? Yeah, I mean, from a technician standpoint, uh, we've backed off nail trims. Um, 
we we deal with a lot of rescues and a lot of those elective spays. Um, we we backed off that, but um, otherwise, I mean, everything else. I mean, we've had. I'm sure Dan could speak to it more. Grooming has been. Uh, right now, we're only servicing animals to be groomed that have some type of medical ailment. They they were due for the vaccines. They have an ear infection. So um, definitely some bumps in the road, but we're adjusting accordingly. Well, that, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound too, you know, too incredibly trying right now. Uh, obviously, there, there is, there is a lot, but it, you know, it just speaks to preparedness, right? And a mindset of preparedness that you guys are able to pivot and just keep rolling forward. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of what's going on in the veterinary industry right now because I'm, I'm hearing that there's now people veterinarians and technicians and support staff that don't have jobs and I'm I don't really understand where that's coming from yet uh but um you know not every vet hospital is open right now and and that's a reality uh what about what about the the mogul Dr. Dan what is your life like I've talked to you uh, I don't know three or four times in the last two weeks and every time you're in the same spot I assume you're in your house so what it is what is it like running your Chicago dynasty uh from the comfort of your own home how, how is it is it easier is it harder is it what perspectives yeah that's a that's a great question um you know um, as you well know i spend a fair amount of my time particularly this time of the year i'm on the road quite a bit doing a lot of presentations or probably third 40 percent of my time is is presenting and then the other easily 30 40 percent of my time is um with my work is, is, is meetings, meeting with young doctors, managing partners, you name it, and all of that is gone. And so literally from typically 7 a.m., 8 a.m. until uh, some days, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I am on Zoom meetings and teleconferences. And so it's, it's changed. I'm still doing the same amount of work, if not more work, but it's just a very different type of platform now. And to some extent, I really miss that. I mean, we're all relational people. And so I just miss having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with the people that are near and dear uh, to me. So on an individual basis, um, it definitely has been kind of a, a sucker punch, if you will, because I've completely had to change the things that I'm doing because it's important for me and my line of work that I'm meeting with uh, the individuals that are in my sphere of influence and my wheelhouse more than ever, right? Because so many things have radically changed. I mean, I, I remember it just seems like yesterday, but um, on the, the other end of the expect, spectrum here, like three years ago that we literally came off the field, if you will, from Atlanta and Charlotte when we uh, launched um, the 7S. And, um, and in that period of time, that short period of time, so much has changed. And, and certainly, um, to some extent, we're seeing the very, very best in veterinary medicine at a kind of alluded what, what's going on at the practice level. And we're seeing very much the tale of two cities. Uh, our, our urban practices right in the heart of Chicago have been very much affected uh, in an adverse uh, way as far as economically. Um, and then our suburban practices, quite honestly, um, are probably as busy, if not busier than we were even prior to this uh, COVID uh, pandemic. So we're really seeing the tale of, of two cities. Yeah, well, when you were talking about that missing that relationship, um, 
it had me thinking about the conversation Danielle and I had last week and it wasn't anything specific it was we got off of a a business call and then we called each other back we really didn't have much to say to each other in terms of how the call went we were able to dissertate that over 30 seconds but then i just found that we kind of had this this uh, different pace that we were we just wanted to chat we just wanted to <laughs> to act as friends and and not necessarily as as partners of you know this is business let's get off the phone we got a thousand more things we have to get done that we we're able yeah. to just like check in and be like hey how's it going so yeah yeah i agree i agree with you one of the things we've been doing um in our group of hospitals is every friday we have all the managing partners come together and it's just for one we just discuss hey what's going on in the practice how can we come along and help each other just a good conversation and i really find myself looking forward to that uh, that friday meeting because because for one it's just a relational time to just kind of recalibrate and reconnect with all the people that are on our team and so i i can very much relate to that well, can I, the next one of those you have, can you send me the Zoom link? And I will, I will uh, call in and sit with my cow head mask and just stare at the camera <laughs> and not say anything. And then you don't say anything and we'll see how long it takes. Uh, the, the, the who's other... the cow mask guy? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, who is this? Right? Maybe the secrets, that. maybe the secrets out. I'm not sure. And I'll have my boomer bag. Hang on, how's that? And, Cody, and, since we've done that, I picture you every, probably every night for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> probably just staring at the mirror and then your wife happens to walk in and go, Cody, what, what are we doing here, Bob? Uh, <laughs> we got dinner on the table. Yep, you're, you might not be wrong there, buddy. You might not be wrong. I love it. And, and Danielle, you had a pretty heartfelt post. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? They all blend together. Like about two days ago. Two, yeah, I know, every day. Two days ago. And, and really, that was the inspiration for, for this podcast is, you know, I just wanted I just wanted to check in and see how everybody is doing. And, um, you know, you're, you, you put it out to the world, a really, really difficult and hard post about how, how this is for you. So how are you doing? I mean, I, yeah, I seriously, I usually do pretty well with working from home, right? Like working from home is a taxing thing on a, a human to begin with. And you have to figure out how to kind of navigate that. You have to figure out how you're going to get like social time in and outside time in and have hobbies and all that. And all of a sudden when you're stuck in the house, I'm kind of not cool in my like only hobby is work. So <laughs> if I'm in the house, right? Like if I don't all of a sudden have like spin class to go to or friends to hang out with, like other than that, I really fall to, okay, I'm going to work more. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. I started two podcasts. I like was working on all our stuff here for 7S when we were kind of kicking off some panels to help people when it was really, really like the first weeks of, of quarantine and, and site, uh, uh, social distancing. So I totally had like, a snap moment of not just, I, I feel like anytime I was just kind of watching TV, I was like, oh, I'm being lazy. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like spiraling. And uh, it, it was a little touch and go. I watched Babe because it was like my favorite childhood movie. And I was like, I'm just going to watch this. It's nice and comforting. I can control it. But I think it is an interesting time to be both in a position as a entrepreneur, right? Where you're like, oh, I control my own destiny. 
right? Like that's how all four of us are very much so go-getters. We are used to just like working, grinding and figuring stuff out. And when you're used to that, and then all of a sudden you're put into this environment where you can't control the outcome, you can't schedule things the way that you want. You know, that's why Adam's probably running 17 miles while he's on this podcast because he has so much energy. He's used to having his day the way he wants it, right? Like we're in this new normal that is anything but normal. And I kind of would be interested here with like all of you guys, how you're kind of feeling with that like busy mind. And then also people looking to you for leadership right now is an interesting role to be in. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great it's question. Hard. And, you know, one of the things I, I have purposely tried to do is because I, the way I'm wired is I'm going to fix it. Here, here's a problem. Let me fix it. And what I've tried to do is right. back up and say, hey, how are the people on my team doing emotionally, psychologically? And so one of the things I'm trying to do each and every day is to connect with somebody on my team and just say, hey, can we just talk? Just this is between us two. How are you doing? What can I be doing for you? Let's leave the profession. Let's separate the day-to-day operations of, of what you're doing. But how are you truly doing as an individual? How are you coping with this? And uh, I think we, we, we talked about this earlier, particularly some of our younger veterinary professionals, they're really struggling right now. Um, and it was a reminder for me because, you know, I'm the, I'm the proverbial boomer. We've been through some crises before, the 9-11, the 2008, um, 2009 Great Recession. But for, you know, if you're younger than 30, 32, this is probably the first major crisis that you've been through in your adult life. And, um, and so we want to also be mindful that people are really struggling psychologically, emotionally. Uh, we just had here in Chicago, one of the stalwarts of the veterinary profession, Dr. Pete Sackis, who I've known for many, many years, yeah, early 70s. And one of our veterinarians um, actually um, went and worked for Pete right out of veterinary school. Well, Pete passed away this last week from COVID-19. And I think increasingly as we start to see people that we know, be it loved ones or friends that are impacted with the covid the reality of this pandemic is, is hitting home for, for many of us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, think I think that is, oh, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> when I think to, to echo that, Dan, I mean, I, we're all goal driven people. I mean, we go, 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 go. I mean, I can speak for myself. It's I'm a thousand miles an hour. And I think this has really put a lot of things in perspective because you've been forced, hate to say the term forced, but, but we, we've, had to look at this from a different lens, right? I mean, I, I could say from my personal side and my family side, um, it makes you appreciate and, and stop and smell the roses. I mean, I'm constantly a go and let's do this and that. And when we've been in our house together and it, it really makes you appreciate certain things you maybe skipped over before. And I think from the work perspective too, I mean, some of those relationships that maybe you took for granted or, or conversations you quickly ran by being that we're running at a slightly slower pace. Um, if anything, I, I, I've seen people rise to the occasion that I never would have uh, saw before and, and just really what an asset and, and how special a lot of these relationships truly are. So um, again, trying to be the glass half full, I, I think this is something where um, there's a lot of positives that are coming out of this as well. 
Danielle? Um, no, I was just going to say, I think it's an added layer for millennials because I think a lot of our, our parents, there's all of the boomer memes that are like, stay in boomer, right? And like, I think a lot of our, our parents are the ones that were like the most rebellious about <laughs> okay. these stay at home orders. Real, real <laughs> world, real world examples right now. Both of yeah. my, both of my in-laws who are divorced, so two separate families yep. are are both trying to negotiate some sort of like, we'll just stand out on the sidewalk. We just need to see the grandkids. Oh, like, we'll, exactly. We'll just show them up, hold them up in a window. Right. Hold them up in a window. No, it's so true, right? And I think that's, that's, I think the added level of stress, I think to Dan's point, this is like the first time, you know, I'm 32 years old. I was in high school when 9-11 happened and it was scary, but it didn't, financially affect me right and I think a lot of millennials were just kind of hitting their stride financially finally um you know if you are a veterinarian right now and you graduated a couple of years ago you might start you know just starting to make good money you feel like you could pay off your loans maybe you're getting into practice ownership you're just starting to feel like you are hitting that point I know we have people within our 7S community that that applies perfectly to. Like we're just starting to hit that stride of owning our own practice or building their own practice. And then boom, this happens. And so it's a new financial stress that no one's ever experienced before. I mean, you guys saw those unemployment spike is like the most insane chart I've ever seen in my life. But I think having that paired with then, oh my God, my parents are in this age range that's quote unquote at risk. And thank goodness, you know, my mom is a physical therapist and she was going nursing home to nursing home to nursing home. She took the, she just decided to stay home. She just stopped working. My dad as a veterinarian is working every single day right now. Right. And it is, I, I mean, he's taking amazing precautions. His practice is doing really well, but the reality is my dad is out in the world more than I am and that's scary, right? So I think that is an interesting point for like our specific age group. We get a lot of flack, but we also have been put through some weird (laughs) financial situations. You know, we graduated this time, that's bad. We just hit a good stride right now. And then all of a sudden we're put into this, you know, uh, unprecedented event and our parents are just wilding out in the world. So (laughs) stressful. I agree. And I, I think uh, for me, Cody, the biggest struggle for me is Wayne, you know, I'm called to be a good steward of my people, right? Of all the proverbial um, partner owner of the, of a group of practices, we're called to be a good steward of, of, of our team. Um, and so one, I'm trying to weigh the health concerns because initially when this pandemic started, there was a lot of fear. Um, some of it was legitimate, some of it was not. Um, on, so on one end, you're trying to be a good steward of your people, making sure that they're protected. Um, on the flip side of that, the reality is, is we do have people who are paycheck to paycheck. And as we move to things right. like two-team approach and that type of stuff, some of the recommendations that have come from some of the organizations that we certainly look to, like the American Veteran Medical Association and so on and so forth, the reality is uh, for some people, their, their income has been impacted and that weighs greatly on me as yeah. a leader of my organization. I want to be a good steward of those, again, of the, of the people that, uh, that, uh, that we uh, have as part of our team. And so those are just some of the challenges and some of the struggles I think uh, that I'm dealing with as well. 
I think Cody, that's such a good about? point. <laughs> how yeah. about me? Well, first off, I am so, and to reflect on, on, you know, what Dan just said, I am just so incredibly grateful that I am able to weather something like this, that, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly changed a lot of things for us. Uh, You know, my, my entire speaking schedule was completely wiped out for, for that. And that's a significant part of our, of our income right now, but like, I'm good. I'm like, in comparison to anybody, I am perfectly fine. We have the ability to get groceries and make our mortgage payment. Like, so we're, we're infinitely okay. Uh, you know, when it, when it comes to, to the real sacrifice that, that people have made for this, um, but it's still hard. You know, it is still incredibly hard just looking into the, you know, looking into the future, trying to predict what we're going to do, how, you know, what does this mean for veterinary medicine? These are all very big questions that, that I have been working on that, that I'm, I'm trying to figure out because, you know, my, I, I, as much as I like to joke that, that I'm retired at age 35, I'm, I'm trying to plan what the next 50 years looks like within the world of veterinary medicine. And when something like this happens, it makes you take pause of like, you know, what are the levels of risk mitigation you need to put into place? How, how is this going to fundamentally change our profession? How is this going to fundamentally change our businesses? What does, you know, vet, vet med 2.0 look on the other side of this? Where, you know, what does a practice look like? How do you need to set up for that? Uh, you know, how is this going to change the, you know, the job market? There's a bazillion different things that, that it is on my mind about how does this all come together? And what does this look like in the big picture? And then the very granular things of, you know, I, I still have a, a family I need to be thinking about right now of just the right. psychology. Like we have, sure, we have, we have the ability to get groceries, but like we're, we've also are five people stuck in four walls with absolutely no other outlets uh, to be able to, to do anything, which for, for my family is we're used to being together, but we're used to doing things together. Right. So like we're, we're lit, legit travelers of you know going and hiking and and doing a thousand different things uh but now all of that's gone so it's been really hard on my kids uh it's been super hard on my wife right now of just you know what is you know is this two weeks is this four weeks is this all summer is what does this all look like and then on top of it all in canada it's still under freezing it we're still getting snow uh there's no ability to go into our backyard or anything so we're like literally just in our house i i feel terrible like you know complaining about anything uh because you know after all we are we are just fine we're you know we're we're healthy and we're 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 able to sustain this for however long it it takes and and uh i'm really grateful i've been able to transfer a lot of my abilities to the digital world already that was something that i've you know did preemptively so uh you know a, a portion of my business is already online so that's you know i'm i'm there i'm i feel like i'm i'm a, a very lucky position I think that that's one thing that I think maybe was causing me some of the upset though, is there's almost a weird guilt about being able 
to stay home and that like, oh, I should just be thankful that I get to be here and I get to be safe and my family's okay, right? There's almost a weird level of guilt that comes with that. Um, and I think it's totally fair to say, hey, this is hard for me, right? Like it's, you can't compare, you know, you, you can't compare what your struggle feels like to somebody else's. Like you can empathize with other people, but I don't think it's fair to like feel bad for being upset, right? Like it I know, is I know, but did you super, see- super hard for everybody comparatively, you know? Did you see how the the internet absolutely roasted Ellen the other day because she said yeah. that being in her house was like being in a prison and then the whole internet went oh the prison that looks like a mansion so and and right. I I get that argument too so <laughs> like where where do you draw I the line I get both sides right, <laughs> right right I totally get both right but like it's one of those things where you know before we jumped on this call I got like Amazon groceries delivered and I'm like I'm a terrible person I'm making this Amazon person go out to the world to get my groceries, blah, 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 blah. But you know, it's, it's one of those things that it really is. I think Dan's point about the hospitals in Chicago versus his suburban hospitals and how the effects have been different um, are very telling of what this looks like across so socioeconomic uh, realities right now. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's hard for everybody on different levels. And I think comparing it is just going to drive us all crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I just don't know uh, what the level I is. I feel like. bad. I mean, I feel bad for Ellen. I feel like Ellen's <laughs> day is usually pretty good. Uh, she has a Brussels Griffon. So I just want to shout out my girl, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, and, and being trapped with a Brussels Griffon is really difficult. It's the most needy creature on earth and it just wants to be physically attached to you 24 seven. So like having a velcro dog right now i just want to i want to just be a voice for the people that have velcro dogs that want to be attached to them 24 7 for you know I'm, I'm on like day 25 in the house and my dog probably right now is having a slight mental breakdown outside of the room that i'm in right now <laughs> I, well, you, you know what they, what, what they keep saying is you know our dogs are our pets are so they're not used to us being home 24 7 <laughs> We're going to go through this depression, not only as pet mom and dads, but our own pets are going to go through depression when we Man, do go it's, back. It's so funny you say that. I saw probably three or four dogs yesterday for what we deduced was stress colitis. And they're like, the only thing that's oh. changed is me and my husband and the kids, we're, we're all home all the time. Now I'm like, there you go. <laughs> the cats. You think the cats. Ass. You'd think the cats would be mad about it, right? Like that's, I feel like <laughs> my boyfriend's cat bit me and I was like, I think this is just because you want me to leave the house. Like he's like, I can't do the things I usually do when you're all not here, humans. Get out. <laughs> See, I think it was just a huge conspiracy of the dogs. You know, if, exactly. If, uh, I think there was a super smart schnauzer out there that figured out that if he, uh, <laughs> if he infects the humans, that everybody will stay We're home. We're all stuck. And, and you'll get all the treats and all the walks in the world. Like my, my, my poor old ancient schnauzer, he like sleeps for half a day after every walk right now. Cause he just, he can't keep up with all the exercise at this point. What, um, what, one thing that I, one thing that I heard, uh, I was listening to some podcasts, some like comedian podcasts, right. And the comedians of course have this very, um, you know, rigorous travel schedule and, and Dan and Adam and, and Danielle, right. you know, you guys have a very, very robust travel schedule too. Mm -hmm. um, so, so like Adam, what is this like for you just being home? Like the, the comedians are talking about how like they're 
maybe maybe this travel thing isn't all that it's cracked up to be and you just kind of get caught in this uh you know in this loop of of going places like what how what are you thinking about just like how is this going to change your breakdown of life and and being at home and more travel or less travel well i mean it's it's like i said earlier i mean it's perspective right now you don't you don't have a choice you can't book anything out you can't say i'm going to do this we're going to travel here we're going to play this sport i mean that's it's a whole nother side conversation dan you could add to this i mean our kids in sports and all that that's just disappeared and a lot of your life is based around i got to get him to this travel event and uh, we have this game on this day and my my work schedule and all those things are like puzzle pieces right now the puzzle pieces just got completely blown everywhere so you focus on the things you can as i said i mean i've prioritized what we're doing at work and then my family life at home What's great about it is you truly can't do anything except be a family within the house. And again, you take a walk, you play these games, you do this. But again, it's to the root of your question. I mean, you prioritize those things. It's like, God, the simplest thing of sitting playing a board game with your family. I, I mean, it's almost like a routine now. And I think coming out of this, sure, I think there's going to be some good habits, some good family habits. I think at work, as I said earlier, same type thing. We've slowed down a little bit and certain things have shown value. I mean, again, you look at things like telemedicine, you look at um, mm -hmm. our online delivery, all those things where now th there's been awareness about these types of things. So it's, it's, it's a value like anything else, right? Once you see the value in something, we can put more time and energy into it. But yeah, I think definitely I'm going to walk away from this and say, here's some positives. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be uh, on a plane when I can too, going going <laughs> somewhere to make up for some lost time. But, um, oh, did you, but I just thought of this. Said, did you have to spend your 40th birthday by yourself? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. It was, it's funny. It was supposed to be, uh, we were supposed to be on a beach in Aruba. and uh, But uh, uh, I, I give credit to my wife. Uh, she had some lobster flown out from Maine because I like seafood and oh, nice. all of our friends, all of our friends did this caravan in front of my house. There was probably 14 cars with their families packed in. And uh, I felt like the bubble boy because all these people are walking to my sidewalk <laughs> and they set their, they set their gifts down and then they run back into their cars real quick. And, uh, <laughs> and you didn't put it on like your was, Instagram? You didn't, you didn't put this caravan on your Instagram? It was, it was a surprise. Come on. Oh my God. It was a surprise. My <laughs> wife's like, oh, we got to run outside. So I'm in basically like a, a pitted white t-shirt and shredded <laughs> boxers. I walk in out in front of every single person we know and uh, my oh hair's my all frazzled. So no, it was, again, it's one of those things where it will definitely be a memorable 40th for sure. But Dan promised me when this is all over, we're going to jump out of a plane and he's going to take me to uh, some fancy island and, and spoil me. I appreciate that. <laughs> So you guys it's are gonna recorded now. It's official. <laughs> so you guys are gonna skydive together. Is there any um new hobbies besides growing a beard, Dan, that, that you've taken up over the last few weeks? Is there any uh teaching an old dog new tricks? Anything that you've delved deep into? <laughs> Playing the ukulele, maybe? So so two things. Um I am now becoming the resident in-house chef of our house. Oh, I there have we a go. New appreciation for this room called the kitchen. I I, I didn't know what really what uh, what was involved in a kitchen. And I want you to know I become a 
chef in training, a chef in training. So I've acted, you know, what's really nice about when you make a meal, you get to have a glass of wine during ah. the preparation <laughs> and while you're eating it. So Absolutely. it's really nice. So what are so you yeah, making? You know, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know um, what you're cooking. Whatever the home chef people send me each and every week. Yeah. That's oh, what you're I'm doing making. that. There you I'm go. There level, you go. Level one, because um, you're talking to the guy who barely knew how to boil water before this time. But uh, <laughs> but no, going back to your earlier question, it's a great question. And 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 what are some of the things that we're learning? Because you know, when we look at these times in our life, the pandemic that we're going through now, or when we had the Great Recession, or even the 9/11, I think it's those are opportunities for us to kind of recalibrate to to really look at what's important in our life and i think for me change in behavior we're all wired all four of us were wired what pedal to the metal 100 miles an hour and i think sometimes when we go through events like this it could be life-changing events what really is the priorities that we have in life and you know when we come back to really why did we start 7s it was to hopefully pass on that baton to the next generation and I think so we can't forget the things that we're passionate about but maybe recalibrating and saying hey what's what's important on the home environment what's important professionally what's what's important personally and I think that's that's where we have to look at these life-changing events and say hey um, maybe it's a time to recalibrate what are the things we need to be changing be it behavior be it lifestyle those types of things maybe the things that we thought were important aren't nearly as important as we as we thought and so I, I think that to me has really been the, the take-home message as we've been walking through this um, this crazy uh, pandemic oh yeah now you've you said it right I think it'll be interesting to see what changes stick within both ourselves, but also within veterinary business, right? Like it has been interesting to me as somebody who has always been such a fan of change and innovation in veterinary industry, which is overall not, not really what our space is known for. Um, you know, uh, it has forced people to change really fast and to adapt. And so I'm really curious, you know, like with telemedicine and every, like all these different options that we're kind of fast tracking now, what will stick and what won't. And I feel like I'd like some like fortune teller predictions from you guys on what you, you think is going to stick and what won't. Cause I have some thoughts, but I, yeah, yeah I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I, I think, uh, telemedicine, teletriage, however you want to refer to it is definitely here. Um, I mean, if, if, if there's one thing about this pandemic, it has brought some of our late adapters on board and it's going to be interesting to see because you know, just two or three months ago, when we were talking about telehealth, telemedicine, it was, well, how do we change the behaviors and habits of the clients that we serve, right? I mean, the clients that are used to calling in and talking to Dr. Adam or Dr. Dan or Dr. Cody on the phone for 10, 15 minutes, and we can't monetize right. that. Now, all of a sudden, with this new environment that we're in, um, our clients are, many of them are sitting in a car and they're doing Zoom meeting and telehealth and those types of things. So I think we're going to see change behavior habits of the clients that we serve. Um, and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see in the months ahead as we move forward, because we're, we're obviously 
a lot of hospitals are onboarding this, uh, this platform, this modality. I still think we're at the infancy, but I, it's obviously been fast forwarded by leaps and bounds. What took mm -hmm. years to get to this point. Now we're, um, you know, we were still at the first inning and I think you're going to see full steam ahead in the, in the months ahead. No, it's, it's pretty cool in terms of watching even those companies innovate and things like that. Like pet desk added in a whole bunch of things. And I, I, like where you can like two-way text and you can send video and things like that. And I was like, oh my God, this just is mirroring. We've been asking people to change their behavior, right? But it's actually forcing us to adapt to the reality of how they want to communicate with us. Like it's for years and years and years, you know, my random friends have, from high school have texted me to be like, can you ask your dad X, Y, and Z? So like they are, people already want to just kind of not even necessarily get a diagnosis from you, but they just want to know like, Hey, is this worth coming in? Right? Like, is it right. worth it? And it, it is That's such right. a cool way to kind of be able to guide them and support them so that they don't go to random friends on Facebook. So that they don't go to Google. Like it's a cool way to redirect that behavior and just accept that behavior. And so I'm hoping we like on with that for sure. And it does, you know, the technology allows like a boundary around it. Like, Hey, we can answer a couple quick questions or yeah. schedule a consult, you know? So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I think, I think you guys and, and my, my dad are on board with everybody just, you know, dropping off their pets and going <laughs> off. Like it's, it's a great, it's a great system. Like I feel like my dad thinks his practice has never run more efficiently if the, the pet owner isn't there. And I think, um, um, but I, I think, <laughs> I think the, uh, the younger generation of uh, veterinarians and, uh, and, and veterinary support staff love the ability to take so many puppy selfies. Uh, having the free exam room <laughs> allows them to play with the dogs to the nth degree and they don't have to worry about the owners judging them of being, you know, super crazy animal people that they get to just be their, their, uh, their wild uh, puppy loving self. So I, I, I'm seeing a huge surge of puppy selfies uh, across across Instagram. Right. So that that's a great thing. Um, you know, I, I, I think we're seeing, unfortunately, a bubble with telemedicine, and there will be a lot of people that just oh, yeah. re revert back. But I do think that it was it will be defined as a great uh, tipping point uh, because those who then keep with it will then redefine it for telehealth to be a fundamental part of their business uh it it i've it needs to be designed as much I've, I've thought a lot about this i think for you know what is the next stage because like people are just trying to scrounge together to be able for for telehealth to be a band-aid but it's not going to be until somebody fundamentally builds a business you know a veterinary builds a business around telehealth i think about adam right like adam being having to take these half an hour appointments and feeling frustrated because he's he's able to be a super super efficient veterinarian imagine what we could do with adam if we gave him a full like wall of telehealth consults that he could just be like right. jump, jumping on and be like 20 seconds he's like your dog's got a hot spot. This is what you need to do. And then he jumps over to the, the next Zoom call that's like right beside him. And he's like, I'm picturing I'm ear picturing infection. Tom Cruise, Done. <laughs> Tom Cruise in minority. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. 
Yeah, you're just like swiping your hands oh my God. Left, left and right as, as you're bringing in calls. Like there, there will be somebody who's going to be able to do that. There's going to be there's going to be a business that fundamentally makes telehealth part of what they do, where they maybe maybe the the pet is physically seeing a a telehealth. Uh, veterinary technician who's walking through the physical exam for the the adam who's standing there with his virtual reality goggles on and uh you you know and, and they're gonna they're gonna be able to generate more revenue than a traditional veterinarian could could ever dream through that scale and that efficiency but like so those are the types of things with telemedicine that i'm really excited for but that's not what most practices are going to you know then evolve into right it's still just going to be this band-aid for right now well Well, i I think one thing to add i mean we've always been a trusted profession right i mean they always say you trust the firemen and the policemen and veterinarians i think this sense of trust i mean i say this from i did did probably about six by the end of the week probably about eight orthopedics this week six of which were referred you talk about a trust factor where somebody drives out, we do a, a consult over the phone and I've never seen your dog. And I'm talking about how we're going to fix this fracture or how we're going to address this, this ACL. And I never see this person's face yeah. and they drop the dog off. Granted, we have good communication. I do a surgery. I discharge this dog. I think it just re refuels that trust that people have in people. And if we can deliver a good end product, which hopefully everybody is, but when these orthopedic dogs do great, or that dog that came in vomiting does better, it's that sense of trust. And it goes back to the value, right? Yep. Value is what you get, price is what you pay for. We haven't had a lot of issues with price because I think mm. it's that focus on, we truly are good communicators. When you're on the phone, granted it's a pain in the ass, but when you're on that phone and you can just openly communicate and we talked about this last night on the, the VMS um, Instagram. I think for this younger doctors, it's going to actually be a great thing because these younger doctors tend to read body language and get a little bit nervous and start to talk themselves out of diagnostics. I think what they're doing is they're recommending best course medicine on the phone and they're not hearing much on the other end. And they're like, okay, so we're just going to move forward with that. So long story, I think this is going to, refuel the trust that people have with vets not that we ever lost it but just no no i think that's actually an interesting point so you're saying millennials are feeling more confident on actual phone calls right now i had one of my young young vets tell me yesterday this is this has made medicine almost easier not that she well she's like a pseudo introvert but this is where she can sit there and almost just say everything she has to say to an empty you don't see anybody on the other end and you say that is scary i i can kind of appreciate that because you know i can i i mostly you know i sell a lot on webinars right and selling on a webinar versus selling face-to-face is a very different feeling right and so when you are you know communicating somebody you know a treatment plan and and having that conversation face-to-face, it's definitely a different level of intimidation. I can get that versus over the phone. But I think so much of what you said just comes back to good communication. And like I said, I think this is forcing us to actually communicate with people the way that they want 
to communicate. Like they do just want to text with you. They do just want to like, you know, shoot you a quick message or a quick picture and ask a question and get a message back and you, or get a call back and just kind of keep some level of organization to that. I think it's, it's, it's really cool, but that's a really cool insight, Adam, to kind of say that, you know, the younger vets are feeling more confident with that. Yeah. And as a, um, you know, if I put, have my practice owners hat on and my practice is, is truly embracing telehealth, you know, that makes me think about, you know, continuing that momentum forward where maybe I'm putting a, a, a Dr. Adam on, you know, in the front line and taking individual appointments because that's what he thrives on being an extrovert and, and loves bouncing, you know, from, from exam room to exam room right. every 10 minutes. And then maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm setting up uh, this other person who's really, really thriving through this telehealth component of, of, you know, maybe I'm pulling them out of exam rooms altogether and, and they are, uh, you know, they're not having that, that, forward-facing client interaction as as much and and they just succeed and thrive and and frankly become much more profitable if they're if they're not talking themselves down uh you know out of out of their recommendation so there's there is the, an, an ability to really cater to those individual talents that's so cool it does really give them a different platform i like that so, so here's a question I have for each of you, because, you know, um, the heart of 7S is, is practice ownership and bringing people into practice ownership. Um, obviously, we're going through a, a challenging time. What would you say to that young veterinary professional uh, who's sitting at home saying, hey, is this a good time? Is this not a good time to become a practice owner or a partner in a practice? What would, what would each of you say? It's the best time. Yeah. It's the best yeah. time, Dr. Dan. If you got to listen to the old timers, the old timers will tell you about 22% interest and, and um, how they, they barely did any, anything uh, from a medicine perspective. They were just, they were just vaccinating and neutering and, and, and that's all that they were doing. And, and what we can do now is phenomenal. So yeah. It, it, and I'm, I'm not even just, you know, taking a piss. It is, it is absolutely the best time. The, you know, look at look at the interest rates. Look at what these uh, you know these practice uh, owners that were on the verge of retirement. Look at what they're facing. It, it's sad from some regards. Like I'm I'm not saying, but in but in terms of opportunity, it's huge. You have these practice owners that are you know they're going to be having some of their practices at a discount to, you know, just get yep. liquid in, in terms of what's going on with, uh, with their investments and, and how long this is truly going to take from a, if there's an economic recession, you know, all, all those guys are looking at that thinking, man, I, maybe I should just get out. So those opportunities absolutely exist. The opportunities to jump in and, and be able to practice in a, in a more creative way. Uh, there's just, there's so much, if, if you're a new practice owner, I've been thinking about this one too. Think about construction costs. The difference of construction costs, if you were doing a de novo from pre-COVID versus post-COVID will be orders of magnitude different. You'll be, yeah. you'll, you know, you'll be able to really, really focus on that. Real estate is, you know, commercial real estate. I'm sorry if anybody has commercial real estate right now, but uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, start, that, that value is starting to go down. But if you were that young veterinarian, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to now be able to buy practices cheaper, access construction right. cheaper, access money cheaper, access commercial real estate cheaper, and have the flexibility yes. to, to maybe, maybe 
have that at home workforce to some extent because now people are used to it. Like it's is nothing but upside. Could and not I mean, agree anymore. Yeah. I think that's one of the most interesting things is that they now have this foresight on like what could possibly happen, right? Like we've basically stopped a huge portion of our economy, right? And veterinary medicine has kept going for a lot of practices. Like, don't get us wrong. Absolutely. There's ones that are struggling and, and there's individuals within our, um, within our industry that are struggling. And so we empathize with that, but at the same time, we're starting to see like worst case scenario, how can we function? And I think the work from home thing you just mentioned, Cody, is one of the most interesting things to me for so long in veterinary medicine, unless you were physically holding a pet in your hands, you were not working. And, um, there's, I, I mean, you know, as somebody that is a, a marketer and, a, and more like focusing on that side of things in a practice, I talk to so many people that do that stuff and it's not valued. Right. But like right now, if you know how to communicate and connect with your clients and get a message out to them and drive compliance, you can do that and adapt way faster than a practice that wasn't able to. So you're able to empower people to work from home, to interact with your audience and to drive, you know, business in, in a way that we never really would have seen that happen. Had we not been forced to, you know, respect that that is an important part of a business. So I think they're just kind of coming into it with some cool foresight. So, um, that's kind of my take. Absolutely. Well, one thing to add, I think this just reiterates to any young vet how resilient our, our profession is, and more importantly, yeah. how diverse it is. Look at all these unique things people are starting to do. I mean, it's almost like evolution, right? Something happens, it, it, and we evolve. I mean, with telemedicine and how quickly vets adapted and said, okay, we're going to do drop-off appointments and mm -hmm. uh, here's what we're going to do for our protective wear. And I have technicians sewing after hours to make masks. And it's just, again, it's such a, a close community, but it allows so much potential. So to the root of your question, Dan, do I think there's opportunity, not just for practice ownership, but just whatever you want to do with your career. I think spin out of this and just show, I want to be an exotics vet down in, the Cayman Islands, Bill Mail, whatever, dream it up, do it. I think we've proven here you can do just about anything you want in this profession. I mean, I'm a dentist. I have a lot of friends that are dentists. There's not a whole lot you can do to, to spin off that, right? I mean, with our profession, it's you can be a DVM and, and, and be a consultant, or you can be doing high-end surgical repairs. So yes, I think if anybody listening here had any doubts of being a veteran or any doubts that their dreams of being a practice owner are, are dead in the water. I think that's, to use your term, Dan, I, I think that's hogwash. Well, I, I couldn't agree more as the, the, again, the resident boomer here, I have been through a number of crises, literally every decade, all the way back in the, in the 1970s. Um, uh, yes, I was alive for the record. Um, did you say 1870s? You know, what was, what was it like? <laughs> I love what it. That's like right. 1918 with a flu, that Spanish flu. That's that, right. What did that do to your business, Dan? Well, I was only six years old at that time. So, uh, but, uh, but you know, the reality is virtually every decade and sometimes twice in a decade, there's going to be some crisis. I want to make a prediction here. I think veterinarian, veterinary medicine will, will come out of this crisis stronger and even more respected. I, I'll go back to what Adam said. 
we're seeing some awesome things happen even within this this pandemic and i think again the best days are ahead of us i think the as we we come out of this um this um this crisis that uh the events are going to be even better for young veterinary professionals so more than ever um i'm excited about the future it's going to it's going to take a few months to to get out of this but i remain extremely optimistic we're seeing all-time levels over the last couple of weeks of people going out and buying buying puppies getting rescues those types of things and so if anything it's just increased that proverbial human animal bond that we love to uh, to serve as far as that goes so the one caveat i would just throw out there my one concern is that uh, young veterinary professionals are going to be worried about the job situation and go out and take that job that may not be the right mix for them and and please continue to to be choosy about the employer of choice you really want to make sure those ingredients that we have uh, spoke so much about the the importance of mentorship still do the push-ups still do your homework still be choosy of who you're going to go and work for this is a temporary situation i'm going to say so it again this is a temporary situation yes absolutely it um it, I, I could totally appreciate what it must feel like if you don't have a job secured right now and you feel like you're going to have all these student loans due and you can't get the, you know, that perfect job, but it is still going to be temporary and the practices that are left standing are the ones that you wanted to be at in the first place anyways, right? So right. yeah, I think that's what it should look like. Well, let's wrap it up, everybody. Today is, all right, uh, yeah, this is, um good to just check in uh hopefully danielle doesn't have to watch babe uh the, the motion picture any more times to uh get her mojo going uh i'm gonna go wrestle with some kids and uh keep the family spirits up and yeah we will uh we'll talk to everybody next time all Thanks, right Cody. stay healthy guys bye guys <laughs>